All right, well, God is so good, amen, saints. We're get to God's words, and I have a message. I, I, uh, you know, we've been having, since we've started a media team here, if you will, we've been having to name our messages to help, you know, just facilitate um, the word getting out and people seeing a topic and understanding what the word might be about. So, you know, my message tonight is fulfilling our salvation call. Fulfilling our salvation call. We have a call of salvation, amen, saints? We have a call. It's a responsibility. And you can turn right to Hebrews chapter 2, if you'd like. And I'll copy my mentor tonight, one of my mentors tonight, and saying this is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, part A. So we'll keep it at part A. So it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That's such a neat verse, isn't it? You've probably seen it before, read it before. Tonight I want to talk about, I really want to encourage us, really. It's just a, hopefully it's a message of encouragement. Encouragement on our salvation or about our salvation. What is our salvation? What does your salvation mean to you? If I had to ask you that question and you had a pen and paper and had to write it down, what does your salvation mean to you? Are you using it fully? Are you using your salvation to the full extent that it can be used? Are we getting everything we can from the gift that God gave us? Jesus Christ, through his bloodshed, gave us salvation. Amen? It's a gift that we have to accept. But in accepting a gift, you know, if we accept a gift and it's a gift we like, we'll use it. Maybe if it's a toy, you'll play with it. Maybe if it's a tool, you'll use it. You'll build things with it. You'll create things with it. You'll have to spend time with it. You'll use it to, to benefit your life. You'll use it to benefit others' lives. Salvation is a gift from Jesus. How are we using it? Are we using it to benefit our life? Are we using it to benefit the lives of others? This is, this is the gift that God has given us, salvation. You know, salvation can be sometimes, you know, growing up in a Christian environment like I was and growing up in a Christian church like I did and a Christian family like I had, you know, it can seem at some points that the Christian life can seem restricting for some people. It can seem daunting for some people if you're not sure what the future might hold or if you're looking outside of Christianity and you're thinking, wow, look at the potential out there. And what I see in my own salvation could be sometimes limiting. You know, uh, I believe it was written by uh, Victor Frankl. He was a Jewish doctor. He wrote a book, I believe it's called Man's Search of God. I think that's right. But if I remember right, it was a book written, I believe, in the 1960s. And it was a, a man who uh, wrote an account of the German death camps. He was a Jewish doctor, and he wrote an account of the, of the Jewish death, death camps. And he came to find out that there were basically three types of people when they got into the Jewish death, camp, Jewish death camps, what they became. One was a type of person that became bad, if you will. He decided to, I'm going to start working with the Nazis. I'm going to be an informant. I'm going to work on their side because that seems like how I can make 
a living here in these Jewish death camps. So they became, if you will, bad. The second type of person was a person who curled up into a ball and gave up. They didn't eat, they didn't drink, they didn't socialize, they didn't do anything. They became so fearful of what happened that they just couldn't move. And then there was a third type of person that looked into their environment and they said, I'm going to make the best of this environment. I'm going to encourage my fellow Jewish brethren to have hope, to stay focused. We'll get through this. And they became, in a way, heroic in their communities. And even though some of them were killed all the way until death, he writes of accounts of people staying heroic and being positive and making it through. So when they came through the other side, they had this hope. They had this blessed hope that that experience actually was a time of growth for them, amazingly. And you know what? I, I, I was thinking about this and thinking about salvation. Sometimes growing up in the church or being saved for a long time, the weights of Christianity can be heavy upon you. It can be, can be just a weight on you, and you start to think, what am I going to do? I don't want to have this anymore. You could, you could, you could become bad. You could become, I don't want to serve the Lord. I'm going to go see what the world has to offer. I'm going to be an informant for the world. Or you could find yourself in your Christianity being stagnant. Ah, it is what it is. I want to go to heaven, so this is the best option for me. I'm going to just sit down, be still, be stagnant, not do much, see what happens. Or you could find yourself taking Christianity and using it to its fullest potential, becoming, in a way, heroic for Jesus Christ to becoming, in a way, fulfilling what God has given you to do in salvation. And saints, that's what I want to encourage us about tonight. Taking our Christianity and not going bad, not getting sour with it and getting discouraged with it, not, not doing anything with it, giving up on it, sitting on our hands, if you will, but rather taking it and saying, you know what, this is the environment God put me in, I'm going to thrive. I'm going to do my best. So I hope this is an encouragement to you. You know, what? this verse is only 11 words long. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, I like to do an exercise, a writing exercise every now and then with, my, with scriptures that I find. And basically what it is is you take 30 minutes. You find a verse like this. I did it with this verse. It's 11 words long. You take 30 minutes and you begin to write down as much as you can. What does this verse tell you? What does this verse tell you? You just sit down and start writing. What does this verse tell you? One, two, three. And you try to come up with 30 things. So you have one minute to come up with an idea about what this verse tells you. And you know what, saints? It seems like when I first did this, I, I found this exercise, I believe, uh, maybe another pastor did it. I, I found it in their writings. or uh, I believe that's what it was. And I just tried it out. And you find yourself this, after the first, let's say, 1 to 15 minutes, you think you're all done. Oh, I got this, I got this down. But when you, when you push yourself to be like, no, you have an extra 15 minutes, and you say, I'm gonna, what else does the does Scripture show me? And you start to say, you know what, maybe if I took the positive, what if I took no in the Scripture and replaced it with a yes? What, is that, what does it mean now? Or if I, I'm going to paraphrase what this word means to me a little bit. And, I, and you start to build upon that scripture. And you know what, saints, before you know it, you have a, a really in-depth view and a meaning, at least for me, 
Maybe if you tried it, it would be different. But at least for me, I come out with it after 30 minutes, and you looked at your first few answers, then you look at your last few answers. The last few answers are so much deeper. They're so much more intimate. They're so much more meaningful. And you know what? I did this with this verse. You know, this verse, and maybe you can too. It's a verse, you know what caught my attention right off the bat? So great a salvation. So great a salvation. And according to the writer here, the fact is we could neglect a salvation so great. Isn't that interesting, saints? The writer of Hebrews here is saying that it's, he's writing to Christian people, born-again people. He's saying it's basically it's possible here that you could neglect your salvation. We don't want to neglect our salvation. Amen, saints? You may think that means to be forgotten about. You may forget about your salvation. You may not care about your salvation. That is true. But there's also the idea that you would be negligent in your salvation. That you might still say if someone asked you, do you care about your salvation? I do care about my salvation. But you might find yourself still being negligent in fulfilling your call of salvation. That's what the writer's meaning here. As I, as I dove deeper into those 30 minutes, I paraphrased it with this. How can I get to a safe place? So the word is, here's the scripture, I'll read it again. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I spent time paraphrasing. How can I get to a safe place if I am negligent in doing all that Jesus has given me? How can I get to a safe place if I'm negligent in doing all that Jesus has given me? That word great means bulk in size. In other words, there's a lot to do. It's big in, in the sense of it's a big deal. Saints, Jesus going all the way to the cross for us, that's a big deal. Spending time suffering for us, getting beaten, tortured, and then hanging on a tree, and then his life going out of him, that's a big deal. There's, there's no doubt about it. That's huge. But you know what else Jesus taught us in his salvation? That there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. It's a big deal in the size of greatness, but it's also a big deal in the size of things we have to do. Things we must accomplish through him or we can accomplish through him. Our salvation holds a lot of weight. There's a lot of bulk and size in our salvation. You know what? In doing this writing exercise, I simply wrote initially, salvation is being forgiven of sins. Amen. Salvation is having Jesus' shed blood cover you. Amen. Salvation is getting to heaven. Isn't that, amen, hallelujah, right, saints? You see, Jesus knew this, and he knew he had to die. That was his great mission. Salvation to him was death. Isn't that interesting? Salvation to us is life, heaven, eternity. But when Jesus thought about salvation, he thought about going to the cross. His life had to end in order for life to become, come out of it. Amen, saints? The perfect man, God sent his son to shed his blood for the ultimate sacrifice of mankind, salvation. But he was not negligent in fulfilling his father's will during his march to death. 
You see, Jesus, salvation meant death. But salvation also meant while he was on his way to that death, working hard for his father, fulfilling all that his father wanted him to fulfill. He was not negligent as he walked closer, as days went by, as he became closer and closer to Golgotha. Maybe he even knew deep down inside where, what, where he'd be. That's probably where they hung people and crucified people. Maybe he knew he'd be there someday. But that did not stop him from fulfilling salvation's call in his life. The call of salvation was death so others can be made whole. He fulfilled it. This is part of salvation. You see, saints, Jesus gave himself to others. That's part of his salvation. While he was on his way to the cross, he spent time talking to other men. Didn't he? Anyone who wanted to talk to him. Wasn't his call to salvation to spend time talking to others? It wasn't just, I'm going to get to heaven for us. I'm going to heaven. That's all I care about. Give me to heaven. Well, that's great. That's salvation. Salvation means you'll get to heaven. But you know what? On our way to heaven, shouldn't we be like Christ? Shouldn't we spend time talking to others? Anyone who wants to talk to us, like our Savior did, as he marched on towards salvation, giving salvation, he spent time talking to others. Amen, saints? He spent time interacting, being involved, making friends. Lazarus was a friend that made him wept when he heard he died. We have friends like this on earth, don't we, saints? Friends, when they pass away, it hurts, it hurts to their core. This is part of salvation's call in us, making friendships, friendships that are meaningful in life, in this life. Godly friendships that when, they're, when that person's missing, it hurts. We miss them. But we also know they're in glory, and we're happy for them. Just like we think of most recently about, about Brother Richards, amen? What a brother he was to us, and a mentor he was to so many of us. You know, and here he is, celebrating salvation. And we're happy for him, even though for us it hurt us. Amen, saints? Jesus spent time teaching. This is what Jesus did. He spent time teaching on his way of salvation, on his walk of salvation to the cross. He spent time teaching. He spent time healing. He spent time leading. He was a leader. He spent time encouraging. Amen, saints? He spent all this time while walking towards his death. We are walking towards our eternity. How much greater should we spend time in interacting with others, making friends that last for eternity amongst our church and our brethren. Amen, saints? This was part of the salvation. You see, part of the bulk or bigness or greatness of salvation is that while we inch closer to heaven, so we're born again, awesome. We're born again. We met Jesus Christ. He forgave us of our sins. He set us on a new path. He put a new heart within us, a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. And as we start marching, hey, I want to get to heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. That's the promise I have. I made a confession to Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And the promise is, I'll be in heaven. Well, that's the hope. But there's a job to do from that day you became saved to that day the Lord calls you home. That's our salvation call, saints. What are you doing in your salvation call? I want to remind us tonight to take full advantage of all that salvation can bring you. When you accepted Jesus, it was life-changing. Amen, saints? 
How many of you had a life-changing experience when you accepted Jesus? Jesus completely turned your life around. Something that maybe you thought he couldn't even do. Yeah, I'll get saved. It sounds like I'll hope that maybe I'll have a better life. And before you know it, a better life, you had a completely new life. Hallelujah. Amen, saints? What an awesome God we serve. That shows the love of Christ. Amen? It was changing. There was repentance. There was forgiveness. There was a life-changing hope for the future. Hallelujah. But there was also this. There's also this. Can I read to you some words of Jesus? After becoming born again, there's also this. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's part of the salvation call. Hey, I can't wait to get to heaven. Amen. Let's get to heaven together. But look at Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here's this one. If anyone wants to be my disciple, I'm sorry, if anyone wants to be my disciple, that means follower of Christ, they must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Why well, want I get to heaven? Amen. But Jesus said, if you, want to, if you want to get to heaven, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross. Sometimes? Every other day? Monday, Wednesday, Fridays? No. Daily. Amen, saints, and follow me. Here's another one. Go. This is Jesus talking to, to people who want to get to heaven. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, saints, this is, these are words of Jesus telling us from the day we're saved, instructions that we have to do, fulfilling our call of salvation. There's this one. Wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet? Are you, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit to overfilling where you speak in tongues? Saints, if it hasn't happened to you, this is part of your salvation experience that the Lord wants to give you in this life. It's another gift the Lord gives you upon receiving Him, upon accepting Him into your life. Don't give up on it. Like I said earlier, don't think, hey, I prayed, I prayed hundreds of times for it maybe. It hasn't happened. I'm going to curl up in a ball and just stop praying for it. No, that's not what salvation means. Salvation means continuing to press towards the mark in Jesus. How about this one? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and all until the ends of the earth. These are words the Lord Jesus spoke to us, saints. Jesus spoke these words. They were words that were meant for people who had received salvation. The greatness of salvation, saints, is what are we doing with it? You see, that's the the neat thing about what God did when he died on the cross. He gave us a life experience. You see, Christianity is a life experience. It's a life-changing experience. It's not a, I'm going to make a, say some words at a moment in time, and then I can live my life the way I'd like to live my life. It's saying some words one more at a time and then letting God be in control of your life. You live your life for God. As he said, as Jesus said, deny ourselves. Deny ourselves. 
what a blessing it is. Like I said to you, if there's some part of this that you haven't experienced, maybe you haven't quite experienced salvation like you think I'm talking about today. You haven't experienced the full forgiveness of sins, a changed life. You're still addicted to to a sin or a temptation that you can't overcome. If you want this experience, it's all about asking Jesus to come into your heart. It's the first step to salvation. It's the first step to having a purposeful Christian life. You have to have humility. There needs to be repentance, a forgiveness, a renewing of life, and then heaven awaits. But in the meantime, we have a job to do. You know, it makes me think about this. Yes, that's the Christian call, right? Heaven awaits. But it makes me think about, you know, those sales pitched on TV when the people said, but wait, there's more. You got saved. You got a clean heart. Your life got changed. You're so happy inside. You feel fresh. You feel new. I can't wait to get to heaven. But wait, there's more. Before you get to heaven, you can heal. And you can witness. And you can lay hands on the sick. And you can baptize people. And you can be filled with the Holy Spirit before you get to heaven. All on your way to Jesus, to meet Jesus. Amen, saints? Brother Brian shared on Sunday morning, Paul was a prisoner turned captain. You know, speaking of denying ourselves, part of the experience of the Christian life is denying ourselves. Let me talk about that for one moment. Men had to hear Paul out on that ship. Do you, do you recall Brother Brian's message? It was, he was stuck on a ship as a prisoner and the ship was going down. Men had to hear Paul out. And I thank Brother Brian for sharing this. It helped my word tonight. Sure, those sailors knew, as Brother Brian said, those sa- if, I, if I can steal it from him, those sailors knew the correct thing to do. They, as Brother Brian cor- correctly said, those sailors probably knew what to do in that situation better than Paul did. They spent their life on the sea. They knew this is not the way to save a life. You're better off going into this boat and risking it than staying on this big ship. Amen, saints? They knew in the natural the correct thing to do, but they had to submit to Paul unnaturally. Now, we know they were sort of forced to submit to Paul. They got, yes, exactly. They got a little help, a little strong arm into submission. But hey, sometimes Jesus does that with us too, amen? Sometimes the Holy Spirit strong arms us into a little submission too, amen? And take advantage of that submission. The Bible says he corrects those who he loves, Amen? Sometimes if Jesus is strong-arming you into a position, hey, that means Jesus is looking out for you. He wants the best for you. But here these men were being strong-armed to stand a boat. They didn't want to stand a boat. But you know what, saints? They were saved. Look what happened to them. They submitted. They, They, yes, maybe forcefully denied themselves. You know, maybe they were forced to deny themselves. But they listened. I thought about parents and children you know, sometimes, kids, you think your parents are the, the, the centurions of the world, and they force you to do things you don't want to do. But you know what? Sometimes in submitting unwillingly to them, maybe, deep down inside, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to do it, you may find yourself having salvation out of it. You may find yourself not doing the wrong thing, but maybe that was the day your mom or dad said, you're not going to the mall today. I want to go to the mall. And maybe they saved you from something at the mall that you shouldn't be doing. Amen, saints. So sometimes the Lord works in these little victories 
Denying ourselves and our thoughts tend to lead to victories in our lives, saints. You see, these men denied themselves and submitted submitted to Paul, even though they felt like they knew better. Even though they felt like they knew, they they understand the situation better. They said, I'm going to deny myself and listen to this man. And look at it, they were saved. There was a victory in their life. And sometimes, saints, denying ourselves and listening to the other godly people around you is part of your salvation call. It can prove victorious in your life. It can prove encouraging in your life. Those sailors said, I, those sailors said, I just don't understand why we're doing this, the way we're doing it. I just don't understand how this is happening the way it's happening. I don't agree with it. This is stupid. Maybe they yelled to Paul. He doesn't know what it's like to be a sailor. He's a, he's a Jesus freak anyhow. He's in jail. Why are we listening to someone in jail? But you know what? Truth came out of it. You know what? They weren't, those sailors weren't wrong, right? Paul was in jail. Paul was a Jesus freak, if you will, if you excuse the expression. No disrespect. But you know what? They listened. And when they submitted, they found Paul knew exactly what he was talking about. Isn't it amazing sometimes, saints, that with time, if you listen, if you listen to someone, a parent, a godly parent who's given you godly advice, a godly mentor who's given you godly advice, a pastor who's given you godly advice that maybe you don't 100% understand or agree with, that when you submitted to that and, and just let it go, in time you found out that was the right decision. That was the correct decision. That was the right decision. These sailors found the exact thing. You see, the interesting thing here, saints, is that God uses men to help other men in their salvation. God uses men to help other men in their salvation. Amen? He uses pastors and teachers to help the church. Help me, Lord, right? He uses prophets to edify and share God's plans to the church and to godly people. God even uses animals to teach his servants. Hey, if they're not going to listen to, if they're not going to listen, he'll use a donkey to speak. Look how far God goes to say, you know what, I'm going to use my own creation to get my will across. Why couldn't God just tell the man, don't go there. There's angels in front of you. Why were the angels hidden to the man but not to the donkey? Why why did God allow this to happen in my life? Why can't God just show me and I'll do it? If God just reveals this to me, I will stay. If God just said, go here, I would do it. I'm going to listen to God. I'm not going to listen to anyone else. God has to tell me. The interesting thing here is that God goes as far as using animals to show men, submit to me or you're going to be in trouble. Why does God do that? Someday maybe we can ask God. But right now, that's how God works. God uses his own creation to help his creation. Isn't that amazing, saints? God uses his own creation to help other created beings make it in their salvation call. Amen, saints? Do you agree with that? I want to share that if you want to wait for God to audibly tell you to do something, if you want to wait to, hey, I'm not going to move, I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what my, the brother, my good brother in the Lord says. I don't care what the pastors say. I'm going to wait till God tells me. I'm going to say you might be waiting a long time. There could be a chance you should be waiting a long time. You know what's going to happen while you're waiting? 
you're going to become negligent in fulfilling your salvation call. You're going to start to realize in your waiting, people are going to start passing you. People are going to start moving past you. Because you're waiting. Hey, I'm doing a good thing. I'm waiting for God. Is that wrong? That's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. But if, you're, if that's your mission in life, to wait for God to speak to you, I want to share with you that God uses men to help other men in their salvation experience. Sometimes God uses a man to speak to you. And when you get to heaven and say, God, you never spoke to me, so I never moved. And God will reveal to you how many men spoke to you and encourage you to move. Amen, saints? You could become stagnant in your Christian walk. You could start not moving forward, not progressing, not, not, not getting all that you could out of your salvation because you're waiting for God. I want to hear from God. I want to hear audibly from God. You could risk even slipping away. That's the danger point, saints. You could risk slipping away from God and losing the fullness of what salvation offers because you might start to think, God hasn't spoke to me. God doesn't listen to me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. And look at the downward spiral that happens. What a shame. When, when the reality of it is, that's 100% false. That's 100% not denying yourself. Part of our salvation call is denying ourselves, Denying ourselves that only we can hear from God. No one else can tell me what to do. Denying ourselves as God uses other men to help you in your salvation call. I want to encourage the church tonight, help each other in moving forward in our salvation call. Listen to your brothers and sisters. If someone's hurting, reach out to them. Don't think God will help them. You are God's hand extended in this earth. Don't think God will take care of that situation. Lord, how can I help in that situation? Lord, put me in the middle of that brother's struggle so I can be an encouragement to them. Lord, help me with that sister's struggle so I can be an encouragement to them. I am your hand extended. This is salvation that's working in my life. God permeates my whole life. How can I work more diligently for Jesus? How can I work more diligently for the saints of God? How can I work more diligently for my pastors, for my teachers at Living Word Academy, for the principal? How can I be better for them? You see, this is the salvation call. This is what Paul was saying when he says, I don't live any longer because I live for Christ. If I get beaten, I get beaten, Paul was saying. If I get blessed, I get blessed. This is not the matter. You see, when those, as I mentioned earlier, when those people were in the Jewish camps, what they lost was status. When you're in a death camp, there's no status in a death camp. What you lost was your money. What do you do with your money in a death camp? You know, what you lost was a hope. There was no hope there. But in Jesus Christ, the status is we're all saints, heirs to the kingdom. This is the status. We're all kings and priests. We're all the same, but we're, we're elevated in glory. And in using that, we should encourage each other, saints. What a blessing it is, amen? God wants that to do. He wants that in our lives. He wants our lives to be working in a way feverishly for each other. Looking out, what can I do for this brother? What can I do for this sister? How can I help them? Amen, saints? How many of us have heard Brother Bob or Brother Brian preach a word and got saved from it? Maybe you came to church. Many, I've heard many testimonies coming to church, maybe reluctantly. I'm not gonna, I'll go because my friend got saved and he wants me to go. I'll see what happens. And before you know it, you're at the altar repenting of your sins because of a message. God, 
spoke ardently to you or God spoke through men to reach you? Right, saints? And your life was changed. We can help each other in our lives by reaching out to each other, by talking to each other, by hearing each other, by encouraging each other. Where would many of us be if we did not listen to men preach about God? Most of us, I, I don't know anyone who got saved from God witnessing to them. Do, you, do any of you? I think most people got saved by hearing a word from a man that, was put on God, that God put on their heart. See the importance of listening to godly men and godly women in your life? The encouragement is that you can fulfill your salvation call as you submit and deny yourself. I also encourage you that hearing a message, part of denying yourself, is important. There's also a message of this. Jesus said, go out into all the earth and be a witness. Amen, saints? I don't think anyone says this, but if a person says, I'll witness when God speaks to me to witness, who says that? I'll witness when God tells me to witness. Or I'll witness when God shows me how to witness. If God, you would only show me how to witness, I would be a better witnesser. You know what, saints? I want to encourage you that God did tell us to witness. Amen, saints? He did show us how to pray. It's all in his word. Take full advantage of that call and salvation. How are you witnessing for Jesus Christ? It's part of your salvation call. It's part of the call of salvation. You don't want to be negligent someday when you meet Jesus face to face and be negligent in any area of your call. Going to heaven is what our fulfillment is of our salvation experience. But we have a job to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we can turn there quick. You know, we're either fulfilling our life in Christ or we're fulfilling life in this world. Amen, saints? There's only two lives we're fulfilling. Are you doing all that you can in your salvation experience? 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, And if our hope in Christ is only in this life, we are more pitied, we are more to pitied than anyone in this world. In other words, if our salvation is for worldly gain, if we think, hey, I want, I want heaven, but I also want to make a life on this earth. I want money, I want family, I want success, and I want heaven too. I want status, and I want heaven. I want to make as much money as I can, and I want heaven. I want to be as popular as I can be, and I want heaven. You see, the, the combination there is sort of, a, it, it, it's a vision of a wheels just spinning in mud. You're not going anywhere. You think you're progressing because the wheels are turning, but the wheels are just spinning. They're staying in one spot. And Paul says, if this becomes us as Christians, if we become Christians that we want the best of the world and we want the best of our salvation experience, without fulfilling our salvation experience, Paul says we're, we're the most miserable people ever, right? Because we don't get one or the other. We, we end up missing on what the world has to offer to its fullness, and we end up missing on what God has to offer to its fullness. Paul's saying, you're so miserable. This is why you did a little understanding when Jesus says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're cold, I can work with something like that. I know what to do. If you're hot, I can work with you. I know what to do. If you're in between, I don't know what to do with you. 
Because if I tell you one thing, you might say no. But if I say this, you might say yes. If the world says this, you'll say yes. If I say this, you'll say this. Jesus, I'd just rather have you not, I'd rather not be involved in you. You see how that works? Paul's saying we'll be the most miserable people around if this is our life. Saints, we want our salvation not to be towards worldly gain. We want our salvation to be towards heavenly gain. Heavenly status, heavenly success, a heavenly family, heavenly money, if you will, if that even made sense. It's not wealth in this life, in heaven too. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. Amen, saints? In medicine, there's a saying, I want to help you in your Christian walk. I want to help you in your Christian walk. There's a saying in medicine that says, and many of you have heard it, see one, do one, and teach one. You know what? In other words, if you're, if you're ready to stick a needle in someone's knee joints, you've got to see it first. Where do they place the needle? How do they clean the skin? How do they, how do they get prepped for, this, for the procedure? How do they, where do they put the needle to aspirate the, the, need, the fluid out of the joints? I gotta learn, I gotta see how to do it first. You might have to see a couple of them to, to understand it. Then one day they're like, your turn. And that's when the patient says, is this your first time doing it? And you're like, yeah, this is my first time doing it. What do you think? But really it is your first time doing it. So usually a little experience. If someone says, in medicine says, you say, is this your first time? And they're like, yeah, it's my first time. It probably is their first time. They, th- they want to joke with you, thinking, yeah, well, yeah, like this is my first time. It probably is their first time. <laughs> so, beware. But then you have to do it. And there's a little anxiousness there. There's a little weight on you. You have maybe your preceptor watching you. You're like this a little bit. And the patient's like, is your hand shaking? Like, this? No. It's my, it's my essential tremor I have. So, you get nervous, right? But you have to do it. You have to do it. You, why? Because you want to help that person out. You got to do it. You got to do it. And you got to stick your neck out a little bit. And maybe the first time someone has to help you get in there. Nah, come on, come on. Just put the needle in the joint. And then you do it again. And you do it again. And you realize, you know what? This is easy. And you start to get used to it. And then when there's a difficult situation, a difficult aspiration, we call it, you, you know how to figure it out. You know where the landmarks are. Go back to the basics. This is how I clean it. This is what I do to prep for it. This is where the needle typically goes. I'm going to trust that I'm doing the right thing because I've done it before and it worked. And you know what, saints? Then you start to teach it. Then you have a student with you. Say, this is what you're going to do. How do you know how to do that? Because I've been through it. I remember the first time I did it. This is what you're going to experience. Don't be afraid. Do you see the experience you can give as you see one? Do one. And teach one in your salvation call. I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to witness. Go with somebody. Go with somebody in this church that you know is a good witnesser. Go with somebody in this church that you know is, hey, they're strong in the Lord. I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to study God's word. Find a brother or a sister who knows who, who you say, they, I know they study God's word. I know they're hungry for God's word. Meet up with them. Show me how to do it, brother. Show me how to do it, sister. Show me. I'm telling you, that teacher loves to teach. Someone loves to share their message of hope with you. Open the Bible with them. Spend time with them. I don't know what it is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what salvation means. Find someone who does and talk with them. And you know what? Before you know it, you'll start to experience it. Before you know it, you'll start witnessing. Hey, this brother or sister prayed before they witnessed. I'm going to pray. 
Then they just used a, a situation to work Jesus in there. I'm going to use a situation to work Jesus in there. And before you know it, you're witnessing. Hey, I did my first witness. Yay, I was nervous. I was scared, but Jesus got me through it. And then you're witnessing again. Then you're witnessing again. Now you're bold. Now you're at work telling people, I'm a Christian. What questions do you have? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Oh, oh, you're a Christian mingle. That's okay. I love to mingle with Jesus. Let's mingle with Jesus together. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's witness. And then you know what? You're teaching somebody. You're telling someone how to witness. You're being an encouragement to witness. You're showing someone else how to read the Bible. You're showing someone else how to take care of other saints, how to take care of other saints' needs. You see, saints, how it works? This is our salvation call. We cannot neglect this. We cannot give up on this. This is the message that Paul had for the church. If, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And that's my word for tonight. My word for tonight is don't neglect your salvation call. Our salvation call starts when we're born again. goes all the way until we hit heaven. But we have a job to do in the middle. We have a job to do. Use each other. Use the Bible. Use prayer. Get on your face and meet with Jesus. Help me, Jesus, be better. You fill in the bank. Help me, Jesus, to be confident in. You fill in the blank. And saints, work with each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Encourage each other. Reach out to each other. And saints, if someone's reaching out to you, deny yourself. Accept it. Receive it. Be encouraged by it. Be uplifted in it. And then move on in Jesus Christ. And I guarantee your salvation experience will become full. So Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your salvation call. We know there's so much to do in your salvation call, Lord. It's not just about forgiveness and repentance and then heaven. It's about forgiveness and repentance, doing your call and then getting to heaven. Lord, help us as a church to fulfill this. Help us as individuals to fulfill this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless, saints. Have a great night.